today is going to be, it's, it's about missing the rapture. And what are you going to be doing to survive that? So I'm going to, um, I'm going to be directing most of my comments will be toward the camera, okay? Um, so I'm assuming that most of you are, are saved in here. Would that be correct? I mean, I, there's probably a couple of you that aren't. I'm not sure who they are, but you, you can work that out. Um, so this message is Missing the, ratch, the Rapture. It's your survival guide to get through. I'm going to go through eight categories that I think you need in order to survive this. Okay. Category number one is the rapture details. So we're talking about on our chart here, this dispensation is now over, and we're just going to talk about the rapture details that take place in the event that this happens. You need to understand what just happened. So you're probably going to see either one of two things. It would be my guess is either there's going to be a lot of bodies around. They may remain. My thinking is that the bodies are going to be gone. They're going to vanish. So and this is going to be a global event. And the government and the media are going to try to explain this. And you think about how technology is today. The technology will be even better, depending on if it, if it takes longer before this event happens. So the, the ability to cover it up and to create fake news and stuff is going to be a lot greater than it is now. You won't be able to tell truth from fiction. But you've got to understand what took place. And so I'm going to try to give you uh, an idea of what it says in the Bible, what the rapture is, and what took place. So I'm thinking that if the bodies remain, the government and the media are going to try to explain it as, what do we have going on today? A virus. So it could be that a big global virus took out a lot of people if the bodies remain. If the bodies are gone, then I'm thinking that the government and the media is going to be thinking alien abductions. Do we hear reports in the news of, of UFOs? They're not really flying, so I don't know if is it UOs? I don't know what they're called now. But they're actually releasing stuff that that stuff, maybe it exists. So it could be all precursors to this great lie that takes place. Um, and then I was thinking, it's like, what about the women that have babies, that are carrying babies in the womb? Now, if the baby still is there, that might be a little more explainable. But if the baby is gone, how are you going to explain that? There's going to be a lot of people out there where the babies are just gone. So let's look in the Bible. And some of these verses we're going to go over, and some are they're not. But Ephesians 4 tells us that it's, it's not the rapture. The rapture is not in the Bible. In Ephesians 4, it says it's the day of redemption. So the Bible says that's, that's the actual title of it, is day of redemption. I do want you to go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. So we're just seeing what, what does the Bible, how does the Bible describe this event? So 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to go to 51. And 52, it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we're going to look at 16 and 17. 
It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So this rapture event is going to be instant. It's going to be loud. It's going, our bodies are going to change. The Lord himself is going to come down and capture us up, catch us up into the heavenly places. Category two is the immediate steps you need to take. So at this point, this great event took place. You're probably crying and panicking. That's got to stop. You've got to take drastic actions. You're going to have a couple of choices really to make. Is one, you've either got to go somewhere that you can survive, uh, maybe off-grid where you can um, have water, food, shelter, something like that if you have time. If you know of anybody that's a prepper that happens to get raptured out, that would be a good place to go, especially if you have family that do that. And then um, if you don't and you're here and you're in town, something like that, you've got to shelter in place and gather your supplies at that point. Okay. Now, a lot of this is going to have to do with do you have family or are you by yourself? What, what, what is your circumstances? If you have family, you probably are not going to be able to get anywhere. If you're by yourself or just your, just your wife, then you have maybe some more mobility that you can do. The other thing is, you've got to be with people that you trust. We'll get more into that, but it's going to be crucial for you. You're going to need to get yourself a hard copy of the King James Bible. Don't trust in technology. You need a hard copy. Technology might still be there. It might still allow you to have access to a King James Bible, but don't bet on it. So you're going to need to have a hard copy. This chart behind me, if you can find that in a hard copy or download it and print it, something like that to where you can help you understand what's going on, that's going to be uh, needed. Any, any place that you can, uh, like on our website, our YouTube channel, or butnow.org, if you can download videos that help you explain what just took place and what you're about to go through to help you endure through that time, you're going to need that information as well. But you need to guard it. You can't just show anybody that you have a King James Bible with you at this time. Okay. Again, only be with people that you trust because your, your soul, your eternity is going to depend on them. Category three is how do you get saved in this time period? It's no longer the same, right? This king, the kingdom program is back on. And you need to realize that you're, you're going, you are destined for hell, eternity hell, if you don't learn how to get saved in this time period that's just happened, that you're now in. Salvation is no longer a free gift. You just don't believe that Christ died for your sins, and then you're saved for eternity, it's, and there's no works included. Now works are included. you got to believe that Christ died for you. you got to believe that he paid the full, the full penalty uh, for your sins. And now you've got to back that up with works. We hear that today, that uh, works are included, but they're not. Salvation is just believing alone. In the kingdom uh, time, after the rapture, you have to do works, or you're not going to be saved. Matthew 28, 19, you don't need to go there, just talks about the Great Commission. This, this is the actual Great Commission, and when this takes place is in the Great Tribulation. There's a group in there called the Little Flock, 
They're the believing remnant. I have a little flock is a little harder for me to say, so I'm going to be saying believing remnant. That's easier. Um, but they are the believing Jews of the nation of Israel. They actually recognize that Jesus is their Messiah, and they're waiting for his second coming to return. So now we're going to go through some verses on what it's going to take for you to get saved in this great tribulation. After the rapture, go to 1 Timothy 3.16. First Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in, into glory. So recognize that God was manifest in the flesh. Okay? Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm going to read 3 and 4. It says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to Scripture. So you're going to need to believe that, that Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Go to 1 John 1.9. 1 As if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So after the rapture, you're going to now have to confess your sins in order for your sins to be forgiven. Before rapture, your sins are forgiven when, you're, when you believe. All your sins are forgiven. After the rapture, you've got to confess them. James 2. And it's verse 17 through 26. I'm just going to read 17. That pretty much gives the, uh, the point. Uh, it says, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So your faith must include works. Category 4 is going to be what to avoid during this time period. The biggest thing is going to be the mark of the beast. So the mark of the beast, we find that in... Um, Revelations 13, 14 through 18. You don't need to go there. But the mark of the beast is going to take place in your right hand or in your forehead. Or it might be upon your forehead. I don't know. Most of the verses say it's in the right hand. Um, on the forehead, it says in the forehead. And it also says upon the forehead. So take it for what that is. But you can also worship the beast or his image. His image, the image of the beast, uh, has the ability to speak, and it also has the ability to kill. So be, be ready for that. Uh, in Revelation 16.2, it says that this mark is going to leave a sore. It's going to be open, and it's going to be raw. So it's not going to be a, a pleasant thing if you take it. I don't know if it's going to be a, a tattoo or a chip or anything like that. It doesn't really matter. It, but it will, what it will do is keep you from buying or selling goods. Now, I, I believe that this mark is going to take place about halfway through the Great Tribulation. So you may have some time to gather your supplies, or you may not. Um, but be prepared. Be on the lookout for this mark, whatever it is. 
If you do take this mark, there is no going back. You are doomed to hell at this point. So you cannot take the mark. I can't stress that enough. And, and today's religions, and the only reason why I bring this up for people uh, who are watching, is, is that today's religions kind of condition already for taking a mark. I think of Hinduism, Catholicism, right? Islam has prayer bumps. And if you know what that is, there's a prayer bump that ends up on their forehead and on their wrists. And then the biggest one is, is the Jewish religion already has, it's called, a, I think it's, I don't pronounce it right, but it's like a teflon is what they call it. It's a box on their head and on their wrist. And inside the box on their head has parchments of the Torah for remembrance of when they came out of Egypt. So I think that, that religions in that time are already going to accept this mark because, one, they're going to be fooled that the Antichrist is their Messiah. And so they're going to receive that mark as a religious, uh, a religious thing. And that's what's going to allow them to buy and sell goods. Okay? Uh, let's go to Mark 13. So Mark 13 says, Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to, put, to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. There's going to be people out there. They're going to be family, friends, and whatnot. And they're going to turn you in for their gain. They're going to find out you're a believer, and they're going to turn you in. So you've got to be on the lookout for them. You've got to be able to test someone that's around you if they are friend or enemy. So you can't get deceived. Matthew, you don't need to go here. Matthew 24, 4 and 5, and 23 and 24 tells us that there's going to be many false prophets. There's going to be many false Christs. So you have to be on the lookout for that. And these false uh, prophets in Christ are going to be doing signs and wonders. It's going to look like they're the Messiah. And I also, I also suspect that before the rapture on how to get saved, Paul's message, that people are going to be preaching Paul's message after the rapture. And so they're going to be trying to deceive you, saying that, no, 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 the only thing you need to do to be, to be saved is to just believe in what Christ did for you at the cross. You can't believe that either. That time's done. That, that was the easy way. You're, you're trying to get saved now through the hard way. Okay? Category five is uh, how to test whether they're friend or enemy on anybody that you encounter. So, and I'm using the book. We're not going to go through all these verses, but First John is a book that will give you a lot of tests that you can test someone that you encounter, whether they are friend or enemy. So, and I'm just going to kind of break it down. Chapter 1, verse 5, to chapter 2, verse 11, is a test of profession. This is, we're talking about light versus darkness. So you're going to observe people. Are they keeping the commandments? Are they confessing their sins? Are they sinning at all? Chapter 2, verse 12 to 17, is a test of desire. Love of Father versus love of the world. So are they loving the world, the worldly things, their cars, their jewelry, their clothing, stuff like that, or do they love the Father? So you observe them. Chapter 2, verse 18 to 28 is a test of doctrine, Antichrist versus uh, Christ. 
This is where you can ask someone if they come to your door, who is Christ? They need to say Jesus. That's the only answer. Chapter 2, verse 29 to 324 is a test of conduct. Are you observing? Are they doing good works or bad works? Okay. Chapter 4, verse 1 to 6 is a test of discernment, truth versus error. You're going to ask them, it's like, hey, who came in the flesh? It has to be Jesus. Okay. Chapter 4, verse 7 to 21 is test of motive, loving one another. So we're talking about loving your believing brethren, not your physical brother, but your, your believing brethren, and taking care of their needs, water, uh, food, water, shelter, stuff like that. Test of new birth, that's uh, chapter 5, verse 1 through 21. It's like, do they believe and love Jesus as Christ? This is where you can ask them, how do you show your love of God? And it's like, well, the answers could be by keeping the commandments, not sinning, uh, and uh, asking for forgiveness, loving your brother. Okay. Now go to 2 John, 2 John 1.10. There's only one chapter, so verse 10 and 11. It says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. That means don't answer the door. Don't open the door to him. Neither bid him Godspeed. Don't even say have a good day if they don't pass these tests. For he that abideth, who, for he that bideth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Category six is how to act. So obviously you should, be, you should be applying all these tests to yourself as well. You should be able to meet every one of those categories. I'm going to give you a few other verses as well. Let's go to James 1. James 1, 23. says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But, who, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the, fa to visit the fatherless and the, widowless, and the widows in their affliction. So who are they? They're the people there that didn't deny Christ and, and got killed for doing so. So now you have kids and, and women out there that are widows. So and they, those are the people you need to take care of. It says, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Those, are the those, those need to be you out there not taking the mark of the beast. Third John. Third John 1, is that still in the chapter? And verse 11, 
It says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Do good. Matthew 25, you don't need to go here. Verse 31 through 46 just talks about blessing the believing remnant and your believing brothers. Bless them. Take care of their needs if they come to you. Matthew 10, you can go there. Matthew 10, 33. It says, but, so, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. So if someone asks you, who is Christ? Who came in the flesh? You need to say Jesus. You can't deny him at this point. You've got to be willing to be killed for saying it. Mark 9. Let's go to Mark 9. And this is really uh, verse 39 through 50. I'm just going to read verse 47 and 48. So it's Mark 9, 47 and 48. It says, And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not and the fire not be quenched. So don't take your life. Be ready mentally to die if called upon so that you can enter the kingdom that's going to be established here on earth. Category 7, uh, these are books of the Bible that I think you should concentrate on first. Now, there's other books that you, you should be looking at as well. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are going to give you great details of the tribulation going through and the second coming. Uh, Daniel, uh, Job, See, Isaiah and I think Ezekiel are great books for identifying who the, the Antichrist is. Um, but I think you should be concentrating on Hebrews through Revelations. Okay, so let's understand what he, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews is about. Hebrews is, a, is about the doctrine of the cross for Israel. It's a transition book from the Old Covenant to where you're at now, which is the New Covenant. The Old Covenant is the if-then statements. The New Covenant is the I-will statements. God will do this now. The book of James is Israel's book for reproof of bad behavior. First Peter is Israel's book for correction of bad doctrine. Second Peter focuses on the church of the believing remnant. It's their doctrinal book. First John, we went over that, it's the church of the believing remnant. It's the seven tests. It's a reproof for bad behavior. Second John deals with the attack in the home of the believing remnant. Third John deals with the attack of the assembly of the believing remnant. Jude is going to be the church of the believing remnant. It's a correction of their bad doctrine. And then Revelation is the doctrine of the great tribulation up into the second coming. Okay, Category 8. Uh, the, these are basically five markers that I've identified to keep you motivated to go through these seven years. Okay, So the first part is we have this rapture that just takes place. There is a gap period that's going to happen before the Great Tribulation starts. I don't know how long that gap period is. Uh, I, I pray that it's short for you. It could just be a month. Obviously, something's got to get set up. We've got to go from this, this major event 
to people understanding what just happened, the government uh, covering it up, the media covering it up. And then we know that the start of this great tribulation happens in, with an event where the Antichrist will confirm the covenant. That's it found in Daniel 9.27. You don't need to go there. But that's the start. So if you can recognize the start of the Antichrist confirming the covenant, now you know you're on the clock for seven years. Okay? Marker 2 is going to be the temple. The temple is going to get built 220 days in to the Great Tribulation. That's another good marker for you to know that now you've made it through 220 days. When this happens, the Antichrist is going to sit as king, and the sacrifices will start back up. Okay? Marker 3. 2 Thessalonians is going to be details of the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians, you don't need to go there. Uh, chapter 2, verse 3 to 12, uh, tells us that the Antichrist will be doing signs and wonders. Be careful, though, there, there are other Antichrists, false Antichrists out there doing the same thing, but know that the Antichrist will be doing that. Daniel 11, verses 21 through 32, we know that he's going to obtain the kingdom with flatteries. Okay? Daniel 11.37, we also know the Antichrist will not desire women. In Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, we learn that the Antichrist is called the Assyrian. We also learn in the book of Isaiah that he comes from Syria. Okay, marker number four. So at about halfway through the Great Tribulation, so three and a half years in, there's going to be two witnesses that show up in front of this temple. And they're going to be protected from God, by God. Nobody can touch them. Everyone around them is going to hate these two witnesses in front of the temple. The only time, they're going to get killed, but they only get killed when the Antichrist is killed. They get killed, their bodies are going to lay there for three and a half days. Everybody is going to rejoice. They don't like them. They want them dead. They're happy now that they're dead. After the three and a half day, days, God's going to take him up. At that point, the Antichrist is killed, obviously. He's going to take a wound in the head. Some say it's in the eye. Don't know. But then he's going to be healed for the whole world to see. They're going to be, mar they're going to be marveled at the fact that this Antichrist is healed. At this point, the sacrifices are going to stop because he is going to put himself in the temple and now he's going to be as God. Things are going to be very drastic. It's not going to be good at this point, but know that you only have three and a half years left to go. Okay. Marker number five. Uh, let's go to Matt, Matthew 24. I couldn't find another marker for you to go from the, the three and a half to the end. So now this is marker 24, which is, or marker number 5, Matthew 24. This is the details of the second coming. Matthew 24, verse 27. It says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For, whosoever, so, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation, 
of those days shall, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So now Luke 21, as well as the whole chapter of Mark 24, gives us great details of the Great Tribulation and the Second Coming. But know that this, this event is going to be a little different than the rapture. It's going to be long. It's going to be loud, and it's going to be very visible. Everyone will know what is taking place at the second coming. So if you're going through this great tribulation and you make it to the second coming, just know that in what, what is your hope? It's the second coming. Let's go to Revelation 20. Revelation 20, verse 4. So people, people are going to get saved during this great tribulation, even as hard as it's going to be. So it says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. They didn't deny him. And for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So don't give up. People get through this. You can get saved and go into the kingdom that's going to get established here on this earth. But you need to, you need to, if this just happened for you, you've got to run, you've got to hide. You have that choice. That's an option for you. And endure. But don't deny who Jesus is. Or, you know, I'm thinking if it's me and I'm by myself, I don't have my wife anymore, or something, no kids, something like that, I'm going out there preaching and I'm going to take it in the neck because I don't think I can last. You know, you have one of two choices. I think if I have a family and kids, I'm going to endure. I'm going to hide. I'm going to run. I'm going to survive through that time period. If I'm by myself, I'm probably going to preach and take it in the neck, you know. But you decide. You you decide your eternity. You decide whether you're going to spend eternity in the kingdom established here on earth or whether you're going to spend your eternity in hell, you know, after the rapture. So, finally, for those that are still waiting for the rapture, for us here and those still uh, that, are, that are watching this, can you, can you imagine what people are, are going to endure through this great tribulation? I think of, I think of, I was thinking about it, it's like there's two places on earth that comes close to me, to what I think of. I think of the Middle East for Christians who are beheaded or are killed for not converting. I think of China. I mean, Christians over in China get, you know, get it a raw deal there too, but how about the Falun Gong? Do you know of the Uyghurs in China? So here's people that, because of their faith, it's not our faith, but it's their faith, and they're, they're sent to prison or re-education camps, right? And they're tortured. Their organs are harvested. So, you know, if you're going to get a transplant, you better make sure it's not made in China because it's probably an unwilling participant in this. And they're, they're killed. And their families never see them again. 
you know. So I kind of imagine those places here on earth that, that uh, people during the Great Tribulation are going to go through. It's going to be somewhat like that. You're going to have to hide your faith, you know, or hide from people and test it whether they're friend or foe. And then, you know, it's like today, you know, we, I can't think of a time, maybe, you know, your older folk can, but it's like I can't think of a time where we've been more divided as a country, right? We have a presidential election coming up where we have two different candidates, two different ideals of where our country should go. But you know what? It, it's not really going to matter. We're going to be divided even more, right, at, at some point, at the, at the rapture. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to get divided, and they're going to get raptured up and taken into heaven, right? And then there's going to be people divided and left here on this earth to have to go through that. So, you know, and then they tell us it's like, hey, the world's going to end in 10 days or 10 years, 12, 12 years. I think we're down to 10 now, you know, whatever. But it's like we shouldn't get worked up about that. I know I do sometimes, you know, it's not really that the world's going to end. We know how the world's going to end, but you know what? It's not going to be why they think it is, you know. It's going to be the rapture. That's what's going to make it sound like the world's going to end to them. So let's avoid, let's avoid being left behind, Right? Let's get saved today. How are we going to get saved? We're going to believe what 1 Corinthians 15 says, that Christ died and was buried, rose again. He died for our sins. He paid the full penalty. Let's believe what Ephesians tells us in, I think it's 2, 8, and 9, that it's not by our grace. It's, it's the faith of Christ. It's not faith in Christ. It's faith of Christ. He did everything for us. It's not our works. That's, that's if you get left behind. And then let's believe Ephesians 1.13 that says that ye, you are sealed for eternity. If you believe that, you're sealed. There's nothing you can do now before the rapture that, that is going to keep you from being raptured up into the heavenly places. If you believe all that, you're saved for eternity. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray that if, if there's someone here watching this video and the rapture already happened, that they find this information to be useful, and they make it into the kingdom that will be established here on earth. And if you are here watching this, and the rapture has not happened, then I pray that you get saved today, so that you will be raptured with us into the heavenly places. Amen. Thank you.